I was age 15 and for some reason was contemplating what if I was given a child with a disability. Then thinking, I'm obviously the wrong person to have that kind of someone in my life. Katrina faced her biggest fear at the birth of her second child when she was 23. How could she cope with challenges she didn't understand? I'm Celia Filkey and this is Messages of Hope. How do you cope with unexpected challenges? And how would that change if you realised your challenge would be lifelong? Katrina confronted that very thought at the birth of her second child, Joshua. I realised on the first day in the hospital, there's something deeply wrong. I knew that infants gaze at their mother, their little stare bears, they can't help it, they stare. And because we'd already had one child, I knew this eye contact thing and I'd put myself in his line of vision and he would not give me eye contact. He'd look away. And so they took him to the special care unit and I just cried and cried um, because the child that I had received was not the child I had been expecting. Mm. I know when you were younger that you'd actually had fears about having a child with disabilities. I was age 15 and for some reason was contemplating what if I was given a child with a disability. And I've always been someone that does like a backdoor option if things get too hard in my life. This is true. What do you mean a backdoor option? I never finished my year 12 because I just got so scared about the exams that I made myself sick for a few months. I never finished my first university degree because I got scared when it came time to do the practicals and I just had this knee-jerk reaction to run away from trouble, not push through and learn to grow through troubles. But what made you think about having a disabled child at 15? Perhaps it was the fear that I had every time I saw a person in a wheelchair or someone that, you know, his body looked really different and unusual and through my mind would go these thoughts of, I don't know how to react to that human. I don't know how to interact. Do they need something from me? I want to run away. And so then thinking, I'm obviously the wrong person to have that kind of someone in my You're life. You're shaking your head, Katrina. I'm shaking my head because this is an instance where I didn't get to choose. There was no back door. And so you don't have the option. You, you raise this child, they're your child. If I'd known then the life I'm living now, I, oh, I would have been so overwhelmed. I would have thought, I can't do that because that me couldn't do that. Coming up, you'll hear about the disabilities Joshua was born with and how Katrina has come to terms with those challenges over the last 20 years. On the day Joshua was born, his mum Katrina knew something was very different about him. Joshua was eventually diagnosed with severe intellectual disability and autism. Even though he's now 20 years old, he operates at the level of an 18-month-old child. One of the outcomes of that is he can't speak. What does that mean for you as a parent, Katrina? That was one issue that I had a fair bit of guilt with, was that I should be working harder to, you know, get him communicating. I actually had a recurring dream that I had left Joshua, my son, underwater and when he was retrieved, he was fine, but that I had delayed his development further. It had been my fault. And I really had to come to terms with 
realizing that was a, a fear I had that I was holding him back and I actually needed a change of mind there to realize actually I'm one of the people helping him move forwards you know we've tried a range of things so we've tried signing and he does have a couple of signs we've tried using the picture cards for him to exchange with us we've tried using like an iPad with uh, voice to speak for him when he presses things but you know what, he would just prefer to use intuitive communication like walking to the fridge when he's hungry or pointing to the car when he wants to go somewhere. So in the end, we figured out to let him have the lead in that with communication. And if speech isn't there for Joshua, that's okay. So you've learnt to live with Joshua at his pace. That's right. You learn along the way. Did you ever have those moments where you wanted to run and find the back door? I can definitely remember thinking, I can't do this. We got to a point late last year where Joshua's usual winter blues weren't coming to an end and he was starting to make dangerous choices like maybe pull a fish tank down on himself and even just physically undressing just to show that he was so upset and and he doesn't know what's wrong and he's so upset that all he can do is bash his head against the window be whacking me as much as he can reach so every 30 seconds you have to turn around and see what he's doing and as nothing I can do to calm him down I can try and be funny I can yell at him and get angry he will not change and so then you're stuck without options and then you think, and I'm going to live through this again this afternoon. And then I've got it the next morning and I've got it the next afternoon. I'm not in a good place here. This is dark. And at that moment, you really have to stop thinking about even day by day and just pull it back to hour by hour and then pull it back to minute by minute. And where do you find the strength to do that next minute or that next hour yeah. or that next day? I will first turn to God and say, why the heck did you do this to me? Like, you know, he needs to know I'm not coping and he would rather I come to him and tell him that than walk away from him. And I'll say, if you've got me into this, you've got to help me now, like I mean now. And then just wait and take a few deep breaths or also perhaps at times have maybe a special Bible verse, you'll see that I have them in my home up on the walls. What's one that would come straight to your mind in those moments? One would be, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's not about, I could be a famous, you know, actor or Olympic champion through Christ who gives me strength. No, that's I can do shopping with Joshua when everyone in the shop wants me out of there. I can do those things. And when you even just say the words, there's a strengthening and a peace that I've experienced. It doesn't necessarily change the circumstance. It changes your perspective. Um, I guess through a dark night, there's always the dawn and by God's grace, he's helped us to see something needs to change. Let's not change the family unit, let's change something else. And then you make adjustments and you can carry on. Over the last 20 years, Katrina has seen how Joshua's disabilities have created beautiful moments, both in her own family and the wider community. 
Katrina, what's something that you absolutely adore about Joshua? He has a really cheeky sense of humour and that's one of the things that has developed while a lot of his other development has stayed subdued. If there's a room full of people laughing, he will belly laugh along with everyone. He just picks up on the vibe and he joins in. So He has that sense of joy? Yeah, he likes to share your joy. And uh, occasionally, if I'm a bit down, he'll, you know, maybe try and cheer me up. Um, I get migraines. And once I was laying on the lounge, just trying to rest. And he brought a blanket and laid it over me. Now, he never shows care like that for people. That doesn't enter his thinking. But on that one occasion, he reached out and just volunteered to do a thing for me, his mum. And that was really, really beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it just seems to me that in the busyness of our lives, we forget to stop and appreciate those moments of gold. Yeah. And you've had another gold moment recently, surprisingly, in a hospital waiting room. Yeah. The little waiting area once you've been called in is very tiny. And to my surprise, there was two big burly security guards and a gentleman probably in his early 20s in a blue like pyjama-y suit kind of manacled to a wheelchair. I just put two and two together and thought this is someone from a prison. Josh was fascinated because he has a wheelchair and he'd never seen anyone wearing pyjamas out in public <laughs> and never seen anything that would look like handcuffs and he particularly does like men and so he thought it would be fun to sit right next to that man and then Josh thought hmm oh, no one's speaking <laughs> so I will now reach out my hand and grab this wheelchair and hold the wheel and make a connection with this man I'm next to. So he did that. Everyone's noticing. This is kind of awkward. And finally, the gentleman in the wheelchair just noticed that Josh had a handmade top with some birds on it. And he just said, does he like birds? Well, that opened up things and then I was able to converse with him and we talked a bit about Josh. And so Josh's vulnerability, I think, helped that gentleman to feel like he could open a conversation, even though normally he might feel like the lowest pecking order person in a room. But Joshua made the way for him to then take a lead, believe it or not, there. And by the end of our appointment and session, we were all kind of smiling and waving goodbye to each other, guards included. What a lesson. Yeah. Joshua doesn't judge by outward appearance. He just sees another human being and he knows what to do. You connect with them. Yeah. Looking back over the last 20 years of raising Josh, would you change anything? If you'd asked me that five years out, I would have wanted to change things. Maybe 10 years out, I would be able to say, well, I am thankful, but then maybe I still would want to change things. But now I would just miss Joshua terribly. <laughs> like If I had never had someone with such needs in my life, I certainly wouldn't be as empathetic or soft or have a heart that just wants to embrace vulnerable people. When I enter a room, I'll seek out the person that no one else would want to talk to because I'm just interested in them and their life and I want them to know they're loved. And totally opposite to the 15-year-old you. Yeah. Now I look forward to the future with, with great hope because I look back and see the mountains that we've climbed and the valleys we've been through and think, well, there's nothing ahead that 
God's not going to see us through now. You've been listening to Messages of Hope. For free PDFs, videos and podcasts about finding hope amongst the challenges of parenting, go to messagesofhope.org.au or for a free booklet, call 1-800-353-350. That's 1-800-353-350. I'm Celia Filkey. I hope you can join us again next week for another message of hope. Real hope to cope with life's challenges. Music